This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The Arizona State Supreme Court ruled that the city of Phoenix cannot compel artists to make messages that violate their religious beliefs. The case involved Brush & Nib, a company that specializes in creating cards and invitations using art and calligraphy. The owners, Joanna Buka and Brianna Kosky, are committed Christians who believe that using their talents is service to God. One of their core values is the biblical definition of marriage being between one man and one woman. They discovered that the city of Phoenix had an anti-discrimination ordinance stating that if they provided such a service as wedding invitations, they must do it for all comers, including same-sex marriage. They faced fines and even jail time if they refused. The ordinance was challenged by them through Alliance Defending Freedom. The case went all the way up to the state Supreme Court, which ruled in their favor. Duca and Kosky, as well as attorney Jonathan Scruggs, are my guests on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Trump administration declared there's no international right to abortion at a United Nations meeting in New York this week, calling on other countries to join a coalition, pushing the elimination of what it calls ambiguous terms and expressions such as sexual and reproductive health from UN documents. Earlier this year, Health and Human Services officials began meeting with representatives from other countries, urging them to join a new international coalition that would focus on the value of family and which would not condone harmful sexual risks for young people or promote abortion as a means of family planning. Attorneys with Alliance Defending Freedom and other attorneys filed a friend of the court brief last week with the U.S. Supreme Court, urging it to reverse a ruling by the Montana Supreme Court that struck down that state's tuition tax credit program. The state court killed the program because it allows taxpayers to use the tax credit for religious as well as non-religious school tuition. The brief in Espinosa versus Montana Department of Revenue represents the views of the Arizona Christian School Tuition Organization and Michigan's Immaculate Heart Mary Catholic School. The case addresses whether states may oust parents and children from neutral government benefit programs because they choose a religious private school. A federal judge has thrown out a psychotherapist lawsuit challenging Maryland's ban on treating minors with conversion therapy. That's the practice of trying to change a client's homosexual orientation. A U.S. District Judge Deborah Chastanel ruling Friday rejected Christopher Doyle's claims that the state law violates his First Amendment rights of free speech and religious freedom. The judge said prohibiting the practice of conversion therapy on minors does not prevent licensed therapists from expressing their personal views about conversion therapy to minor clients. Roger Gannam, one of Doyle's attorneys, said that they will appeal that decision. Doyle is represented by Lawyers from Liberty Council, a Christian legal advocacy organization based in Orlando, Florida. Planned Parenthood advised Hollywood and more than 150 productions since 2014 as part of an effort to influence the abortion dialogue, a director of a nonprofit said. The nation's largest abortion provider is losing the abortion battle in Washington, but is upping the game through Hollywood. This according to freelance journalist Nora Kaplan-Bricker in Monday's Washington Post magazine. 
Hollywood is increasingly cooperative, according to Karen Spruch, the Planned Parenthood's Director of Arts and Entertainment Engagement. She estimates that Planned Parenthood has advised Hollywood on more than 150 movies and shows since she assisted with the 2014 rom-com Obvious Child. The writer says Spruch pushes screenwriters to discuss abortion or works as script doctor for screenwriters interested in incorporating storylines about abortion, birth control, or sexually transmitted diseases. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is Raw Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. There's been another judicial victory for religious liberty and freedom of expression. The Arizona Supreme Court ruled that the owners of Rush and Nib Studios, Joanna Duca and Brianna Kosky, cannot be forced to create custom-made wedding invitations for gay marriage. How far did the ruling actually go? What does it mean for other Christian artists? Alliance Defending Freedom represented Brush and Nib in their court fight. Jonathan Scruggs, ADF Senior Counsel and Director for the Center of Conscience Initiatives, was heavily involved in the case. Duca, Kosky, and Scruggs are my guests today on World Lutheran News Digest. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, first question I'm going to direct directly to uh, Brianna and to... Uh, and uh, to uh, Joanna, and however you want to answer this. Why did you go into this particular business of doing custom calligraphy and art, specifically in the wedding industry? Well, art is something that Joanna and I have always loved. Um, it is an expression of God's beauty that we create. Um, we take um, things like flowers that he's created and put them onto paper. And it's a way that we can kind of reflect um, the beauty that he created here for us. So it just means a lot to us. It's deeply interwoven with who we are as Christians and our faith. And uh, what happened was that you formed your company, Brush and Nib, and then you found out that the city of Phoenix had had an ordinance that seemed to imply that if you went into this business, you would have to serve whoever asked you and make these custom in invitations and artist work for whoever it was, regardless of the mes message. And if you refused, you could be fined and even face imprisonment. Is that correct? Yeah, well, and the first thing is, uh, Brianna and I serve everybody. Uh, we always have and will continue to do so, but we can't create art that expresses every message. So as artists, you know, everything that we create, as Bree said, is incredibly personal to us, and every piece of art that we put out there, it speaks a message that means something to us. So when we found out that Phoenix had this law basically saying, you can go to jail, you can face criminal penalties and fines simply for creating consistently with your beliefs, we were pretty shocked, uh, very saddened, and we knew we had to stand up and do something, which is why we brought this case. And the case went up all the way up through the judicial system, all the way up to the state Supreme Court. Uh, Mr. Scruggs, why did it take so long for the courts to finally react on this? <laughs> well, sometimes uh, justice uh, happens slowly, um, but that's just the way, uh, you know, this is a, a, an important case with uh, nationwide implications. So I'm glad the, the court's you know, uh, heard the arguments and took them seriously, and eventually the Arizona Supreme Court issued a strong opinion in favor of religious liberty and freedom of speech uh, that applies not just to Joanna and Brianna, but their principles really can apply 
to anyone who creates speech. And, and that's an important thing to stress is these freedoms shouldn't apply just to one particular person or one particular group with one particular view. They should transcend particular topics. They should protect the LGBT artists, the atheist artists. No artist should be forced uh, to create artwork that violates their core convictions. And that's exactly what the Arizona Supreme Court said. I went over the uh, Supreme Court ruling. I noticed it was a four to three ruling. So it was rel- relatively narrow in its passage. Uh, well, wins are still wins. Uh, so it, it still is a ruling from the court. Um, and so we're overjoyed with the result. Uh, you know, we understand that these are uh, culturally, you know, controversial uh, cases. Sometimes we don't understand why they are because we think everyone should get behind these principles. In fact, am, uh, people filed amicus briefs who support same-sex same, same marriage. They filed them in support of Joanna and Brianna because they understand that a government that can compel them to speak can compel anybody. So again, it really transcends these particular points of view and particular topics uh, as a freedom that we all, all Americans should have. Again, in reading the, uh, the ruling, I got the impression that the main dispute as far as the court is concerned, is whether or not this was artistic expression and forced speech, or was it simply conduct? Well, that was one of the issues. You know, the city of Phoenix conceded that what Joanna and Brianna do is speech, protected speech. I'm not sure how you cannot. I mean, they're writing words and painting paintings. Uh, Courts have said that that is protected expression for hundreds of years. Um, I think really kind of the key point of of dispute is rather, look, can these artists uh, choose the message they want to say and what they don't want to say? Uh, And a thing that's often overlooked, as Joanna said before, is, you know, Joanna and Brianna, they do serve all people, but they're just some messages they can't convey for anyone. They can't create artwork that promotes racism or that demeans people in the LGBT community. And they can't create that artwork no matter who asks them. Well, the same is true about the topic of marriage. There's some views on marriage they can't support. And that's the right of every speaker. Every speaker has certain topics they can support and can't. And the government shouldn't come in and say, you've got to jump on to our, ban- our bandwagon, to our ideology. Otherwise, we're going to put you out of business. That's just wrong. Joanne and Brianna, I'd like you to tell me what it is that you do individually. I know one of you is a calligrapher and the other one is actually an artist. So how do you go about actually creating these these invitations and, and these notices? Well, I, yeah, Joanna, I, am the calligrapher, and um, when, Brianna's a painter. So when a client comes to us, um, we sit down and figure out the best way through both of our talents combined to express the message and the vision that, that they have in mind and how that kind of appears to us. So it's a long process of going back and forth, painting things out together, going back and forth on ideas, and then eventually presenting something to our client that's really personal and one of a kind. And what you do actually is you, you work very closely with these clients. You become involved in their project as well. I mean, you're not just saying, okay, order 500 cards. Oh, definitely, yeah. No, we work closely with them. How long does it take for you to make one of these creations? Say I were to come to you and say, okay, I'm getting married. Can you do X, Y, and Z? What's the procedure? How would we follow through with that, and how long does it take? Well, um, it can vary. Some people come in and they need it quickly. Um, But typically our process takes anywhere from four to eight weeks. 
messaging back and forth with the client and um, creating and getting prints done and all of that. I've done some freelance work myself as a writer, and I know how that goes. You you have X number of revisions that you send on out to your client, and they'll come back and say, okay, I'll do X, Y, and Z, but hey, you know, there's a certain limit to where we can go and where we can't. And also, because I have worked as a freelance writer, I'm acutely aware of uh, the concept of forced speech. Yeah, yeah definitely. Boy, and I, so much about... Go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I think that that's right um, in the sense of, you know, we shouldn't be forcing freelance writers who are Democrats to write, speech, write, uh, to write speeches for Republicans and vice versa. But that's the type of principle that the city of Phoenix was advancing and really courts across or some governments across the country are advancing. But what you've seen is a, uh, a really heartening trend of courts stepping in, not just in Joanna and Brianna's case, uh, but in other cases, uh, and protecting the freedom of speech and religion, uh, we just also won a case or, or won a decision in Minnesota that protected the right of two filmmakers. There are cases involving printers uh, in Kentucky that so far we've won. So these cases are, are springing up, and they're very important because they really go to the heart of what it means to be an artist, what it means to be a speaker, and what it means to be free of government compulsion. Eventually, I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to make a decision on this. Uh, that's my opinion. So, of course, I'm asking you as an attorney. I'm, I'm strictly a layman in this. But since the Obergefell decision and the warnings that were put out by Justice Thomas about for speech and, and uh, how it would come down persecution, there have been a number of cases. They've gone up to this to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, the case of Baronel Stutzman, you know, that was thrown back and Washington State decided to retry and came up with exactly the same decision as they had before. Now, that's been appealed to the Supreme Court. Then, of course, there's the case of, uh, of Jack Phillips with Masterpiece Cake Shop, where the state showed uh, extreme prejudice against organized religion. And that was another thing that was thrown back. But the thing that, that struck me is that the U.S. Supreme Court rulings were very, very narrow. They never explicitly said, okay, this is artistic speech and it is protected. Am I seeing this correctly? Uh, I mean, that's very true that the U.S. Supreme Court hadn't addressed the issue that was addressed in Joanne and Brianna's case, and that's just this issue of compelled speech. Uh, the earlier decisions from the U.S. Supreme Court were important, and they established that you know governments can't target people's religious beliefs. But I do agree that uh, you know one day, hopefully pretty soon, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to take this speech issue. They have the opportunity in, in the new Baronel Stutzman case that's up there before the court, or the court is thinking about uh, considering accepting. Uh, but it's an important issue. Uh, but uh, again, what you see is lower courts are starting to get the the ruling right. Uh, I mentioned obviously in Joanna Brianna's case, but in some other cases, um, the Kentucky Supreme Court is considering a case right now involving similar issues and involving a print a promotional print company. Um, so eventually this case is going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I'm pretty confident that they're going to issue the same type of ruling the Arizona Supreme Court did, and that is in favor of, of freedom, in favor of speakers, and against uh, government compulsion. So these are very basic First Amendment issues that we're facing, and uh, I, I, one of the, one of the uh, dissents that I read in the case of Brianna and uh, Joanna was that the uh, the idea of uh, balancing free speech with equity. 
with equality. And their their decision, their argument was that when those two clash, equality has got to come out on top. Yeah, well, that's the ironic thing. There's no clash here uh, because, again, China and Brianna serve everybody. Uh, so there really is the only, you know, principle of equality is does everyone get the same freedom of speech and freedom of religion? Because there are numerous businesses all across the country from Google to newspaper companies to Amazon. They all exercise their editorial control to decide what messages they can and can't speak. The only question up for play is do people like Joanna and Brianna get the same to exer- get to exercise the same freedom regarding the topic of marriage. So that's the only principle of equality. There's total congruence here if people acknowledge that you know disagreement is okay in our pluralistic society. Are we going to allow the government to crush certain uh, perspectives or are we going to allow people to, the freedom to control what they can and can't say? So there really is no clash. Uh, I think that's just a false narrative. Well, it seems like there's an awful lot of opposition. Uh, you know, that's true. And again, because it's really about – because some people don't like certain perspectives. And, you know, I understand that. I mean, um, you know, it's the right of all Americans to go into kind of our democracy and voice certain opinions. Uh, but what governments can't do is crush dissent and crush, pers- crush certain perspectives. Um, and so that's really what this whole case is about, and this whole kind of uh, um, you know case is popping up about. It, it really is about, hey, in this society where we disagree, how do we live with our disagreement? We either try to push people, uh, push people out of their livelihood, or we kind of, you know, hey, acknowledge that we do disagree and in good faith work to, you know, deliberate about that. I think that's the better course. One argument I saw uh, was there are really two distinct classes here when we're talking about the uh, the freedom of expression. In the case of Arlene's Flowers and Masterpiece Cake Shop, for example, they actually had storefronts. Now, of course, they would sell anything that was there to people. But then people like, uh, uh, for example, the uh, Telescope Media or your clients right here at Brush and Nib do not have storefronts per se. You go in there and you get a specialized service. And so there's no option to go in and simply purchase something off the shelf. And I've heard the argument that somehow this is significant as a difference. Well, I'm not sure. And actually, uh, Brianna and I do have uh, pre-made artistic items available for sale on our website that anyone can purchase at any time. My apologies. I was unaware of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and so they do sell that to everybody. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think what that shows is kind of the history of what the expansion of these laws. Originally, public accommodation laws, which are the laws at stake, they only applied uh, to hotels and you know restaurants uh, and, and to inns, for example. Um, but over time, they've expanded to apply not just to those entities that don't create any speech, but to entities that create speech, like Joanna Brandt, you know, their art studio, or to uh, a cake uh, studio, or to newspapers. And even they've been applying recently to churches and other nonprofits. Um, so the greater these laws expand, the more likely it is they're going to butt up against First Amendment freedoms. Um, so I think that's kind of what you see, this expansion of these laws, and they're going to run into some other principles. And thankfully, the Arizona Supreme Court said, hey, uh, our Constitution protects certain things like freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And, and that, those are important principles to protect. We have a concern here at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Uh, 
we have not only many congregations throughout the world, we also have a university system with nine campuses, and we also have two seminaries. And there has been uh, some concern raised that we might be forced, in our educational institutions at least, to to abandon some of our teachings. For example, we agree with uh, Brianna and Joanna that marriage is between one man and one woman. We also believe firmly that uh, that begins at conception. And we there is a concern that we may be put in a position where we're going to be told that we're going to have to do this. Well, I mean, I think it is a concern. I think, again, that's what you see with kind of the expansion of these laws. I know of situations where courts have applied these laws to, you know, university programs to say you've got to kind of admit everyone regardless uh, of certain uh, principles. So these types of situations are, are coming up. I mean, I, we filed, actually had to file two cases, one in Massachusetts, one in Iowa, on behalf of churches, because the Human Rights Commission there issue guidance documents saying our laws apply to churches anytime they're open up to the public, and therefore you're going to have to open up your bathrooms to members of the opposite sex anytime you do that. And that those are scary things, obviously, because churches, any church service is open to the public uh, in a sense. And so we had to file those lawsuits, and thankfully the government's backed down, but it, it shows you the point that the greater these laws are expanded, and you, you know, obviously see that with the pending Equality Act, which is uh, you know, pending before Congress, uh, the more likely it is that people's freedoms are going to be infringed. And that is, I think, a, a legitimate concern that people should be you know, monitoring. I want to get a little background here on Joanna and Brianna. Joanna, I'm going to start with you. How did you and Brianna meet, and how did you decide that this would be a wonderful way to use your God-given talents? We've both loved art since we were little girls, so starting this was kind of a dream for both of us. I was in the process of starting the business on my own, and Brianna and I met at a church young adults group at that time. She had just moved to the area. I found out she was an artist, and we started talking, and then we started collaborating together, And pretty soon we realized that we should form a business together because we had similar passions, similar artistic style, and obviously we're joined by our faith. So we opened the business and have been growing since then. Well, you know, we, uh, again, within the LCMS, we regard our talents and our abilities as gifts from God and that we are obligated to utilize those to help spread His message and to to bring the message of forgiveness and uh, togetherness through our work. I mean, this is one of the things I do here uh, on radio. So I I can see what you're saying. I agree with it completely. And uh, let's hope that it keeps on going. But, you know, this is an ongoing fight. And uh, I also read that the city of Phoenix is still standing by their ordinance. And uh, there are going to be other people who are going to be in the same situation that you were. Well, uh, you know, again, there's a Supreme Court spoke pretty clearly when it comes to speakers. Uh, Arizona is going to have to abide by the Arizona, or Phoenix is going to have to abide by the Arizona Constitution, and that's good news for all different speakers of all different perspectives in the state and really across the country. Uh, you know, Joanna and Brianna were not asking to um, prevent this law from being enforced in every single conceivable application, and that just goes to the point of. Um, when it comes to, you know, the principles of equality and freedom can coexist, 
and that's exactly what Johnny and Brianna were arguing for. It's the city of Phoenix who was trying to crush certain perspectives uh, and saying that, look, you've got to write things like uh, God, uh, you know, bless the marriage of John and Jim, for example, uh, or welcome, uh, congratulations, come, you know, God bless this marriage, things like that, that really would put such a compulsion on um, people's conscience. Um, so we're overjoyed with the result, and we fully expect Phoenix to uh, to learn its lesson. Well, now that the ruling has come down, where is Russian Nib going to go from this point? What are you? What are your hopes and desires for the future? Well, we're really we excited are to be continuing. <laughs> okay, raise your hand. <laughs> um, yeah, we are going to continue creating with this ruling. It's it just affirmed our right to be able to create in our business without fear of government punishment. And we are just overjoyed that um, our freedoms are upheld through this case. So yeah, we are super excited to just continue creating and continue growing our business with this ruling and not, um, not continuing in fear anymore that um, we could be thrown in jail. So <laughs> yeah, we are just super yeah, excited. Yeah, this ruling really was a great day for for us and for all Arizonans and for artists everywhere, because freedom is something that we should all be able to celebrate. So this was a fantastic ruling for everyone. Well, you know, there's the old saying, freedom isn't free, and you've certainly been paying a, uh, a price for it. You've had your business threatened, you have been personally threatened, and uh, I know that uh, there were some unfortunate emails and things that were sent to you all. But you, you, you persevered. You, you kept going. And of, course, and, of course, with the help of people like Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF, you keep on, you keep on fighting, right? Well, it, it, it makes it easy with great clients, right? I mean, uh, uh, they, as you know, they are the ones stepping out in faith and uh, seeking to protect not just themselves, but uh, all these other artists uh, in Arizona. So I'm so overjoyed that... Um, their efforts were vindicated. Well, thank you very much for appearing on the program. You've, this is an important court decision, and uh, everybody who values freedom, I think, should celebrate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much yeah. for talking about this and having us on. Believe me, it was my privilege. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.